0: Welcome to episode four of Badger Watch. Uh, This is the County Championship Cricket Podcast, where we use cricket11.com to play fantasy cricket and analyse each round of the County Championship as it unfolds. Today, instead of the four of us, because Chev is on holiday in Spain... Portugal, one. Mallorca, I believe. Mallorca. it is just myself, Alex, Hugh, and Howard this week on Badger Watch. Hugh's team is um, Brian May Save the Badgers, with Howard's team being Bears Badgers. My team is Spenny's Champs, and Chev's is the Chevaliers. Now, how did we go this week, Hugh? How, how did your team go?
1: Um, I, I had I was led by man, no man. Um with uh with a uh, hundred and eighty at a runner ball, which uh he also happened to be my captain. So um I think I was probably the pick of the badges this week, but uh one man um, team. Played
2: pretty well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't have a great deal of else really. I had a couple of middling performances. I think Matt Critchley got a few runs, but uh, I think Lam got fifty on the first day, but I don't think I had many I don't think I had much else.
0: Yeah, I was very similar. I was led by Gubbins with a double well, a back-to-back hundred in each innings, which was nice. Bought Harmer in, thinking, "Here we go." Based on Hugh's previous uh, assessment on Harmer. And when I said
1: he's, when I said he's the best spinner in the world.
0: Yeah, I did, did he take? A, I don't know if he took a wicket.
1: He was out bowled by a, cheery, wasn't he? Out bowled. <laughs> I think I've him royally.
0: Yeah, and then I thought, luckily, I complained last week about all well, my batters not getting runs. But as I said, Gubbins came in, and then I thought Northeast was going to carry Glamorgan home. What well, still- that was. Yeah, what a game that was. We'll get on to that. That was incredible. Howard, how did your team go?
2: Mixed bag. A couple of the bowlers went all right. Had Harris-Ralph, who picked up five wickets in the first innings, but then um, injured himself, so didn't bowl second time round. Mm. And I think that probably cost Yorkshire, if not the game, at least having a a run at it, because they were, I think, Kent got themselves 100 ahead um, when the bad light kicked in. Um, Ben Sanderson... Tore through Essex first time round, and Liam Travaskis subbed him
1: in for Mulaney. Leading what a signing that is!
0: Talk to us about Liam Travaskis, guys, because he is actually quite a high point scorer in Cricket11.com, isn't he? And I don't think anyone will know who he is. No offence to Liam if he listens to this podcast, but what what does he do?
2: Pulls a bit of spin and a few useful runs from number seven. I think. I mean, I know very little about him other than he's a fairly cheap all rounder on
1: Cricket11.com. <laughs> that's, that's, that's his main appeal. Well, as well, as where been. was he born? We need to know all the we I'm, need to know all the facts, Howard.
0: I'm finding this out now. Liam Chavaskis, a left-arm spinner from Carlisle, played for England under-18s or 19. Slow left-armer, educated at Queen Elizabeth Grammar School, Penrith. Seems like he was sort of a Lancashire lad. He's gone to Durham. Yeah, he scores a lot of points. He scores handy runs and he gets handy wickets, doesn't he? Yeah, was... There's
1: there's that Cumbrian link to Durham though without Lancashire. Ben Stokes of, of famous Cockermouth fame.
0: Is that it's a traditional thing? Cock-a-mouth. You know the whole um Leicestershire is a bit of a Joe running that it is an academy for Nottinghamshire. A lot of players transfer. That hasn't always been. That is that the same for Durham, Lancashire? I always think Durham is quite a stalwart county, but they are actually quite new, aren't they? As a first-class county,
2: they are. Yeah, fine new. Yeah, was it was it eighties? They they've got first-class. They're, they're
0: are they the last incepted county, I think. Maybe mm,
2: I believe so. And then well, Ian Botham went to finish his career up there, didn't he? And I think he um he gave them a bit of profile uh, to to kick on and and become a more established first-class county, but. Um, I, I'm I'm not sure. I think uh, up there you've got Durham and Northumberland are the the two counties at the top there, aren't they? And a, a lot of a lot of the the local lads playing will feed into. Um, Durham's first-class set-up from up there, but I'm not sure whether many Cumbrians come across... I don't know if the Pennines stretch that high up, but do they come across the Pennines if they do um,
1: over the other side of the country? Quickly Googling uh, a map of the north of England, but uh, I, I, I'm aware of some Cumbrians, Ben Stokes being the main example, of uh, of those who have crossed the Pennines rather than gone south to, uh, to Lancashire. I guess it depends whereabouts you're from. Manchester's quite a long way from the top of Cumbria, whereas I wonder if Durham... Durham's still a long way from the top of Cumbria. So who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe people, if they want a geography podcast, might might go elsewhere and <laughs> keep talking
0: about it. Geography cricket podcast. We go even more. Yeah. <laughs> so that leaves and all that chat, that leaves the table on Badger Watch looking even worse for me. Um the Chevaliers are first on 7,584. Brian May save the badges, they're on 6,841. Bears Badgers on six thousand and seven and Spenny's Champs on three thousand nine hundred and fifty-seven. So actually here, you've caught up a little bit this week. And I think a couple more weeks like that, and it could get a bit interesting again, I think.
1: He's not gonna be getting his news feed uh, in in Mallorca, is he? So no. Well I don't know if he's by the pool. It might be he might be able to have a, a tablet and a phone up, and be rapidly scrolling through Twitter to try and find out toss news.
0: What about time difference? Will that catch him out?
1: Oh well, he's used to he's used to basing himself in Holland anyway. Oh, so of
0: course, yeah. Of
2: course. Hopefully, he's got the podcast in one ear though to to keep himself up to speed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, looking at where all the points came from, what what games surprised you guys over the weekend, or didn't surprise you? What what were the pick of the games? There was a few. Well, weren't there, I think.
1: Yeah, I I mean as a as an Essex fan, I'm inclined to start there, but for two and a half, three days, they're on the, the wrong side of it. Um, I'm, I'm a bit concerned what's going on at Chelmsford. There's been a few boardroom walkouts and maybe the the ramifications of the racism uh, scandals that have affected Essex as well as Yorkshire might be might be hitting through, but yeah. North Hunts aren't a side that over the last six, seven years should be troubling Essex. I think last year at the end of last season, Essex beat them in about a day in a session. Um, and northants certainly sold, showed some resolve um against what looked uh what on paper like it should have been a relatively one sided game but um northants actually i think this year proved a few sides wrong but yeah i
0: was going to really. say that northants North are a bit doing brilliantly going up to div 1 um because i love their side in respect of so there's no world beaters and if it but they come across as if it's not this person getting runs it's always someone else getting runs this it seems like a real um, group effort from all of them which I think is amazing they don't necessarily rely on one person but they do sort of come together and if there's a collapse there's always some runs coming from if it's not Keo, it's this week it was Proctor, and mm. they've got some they've got some good it without having um, world beaters they have some good players don't they
1: there's some good championship cricketers. Sanderson with the new balls, has been one of the the top bowlers in the championship consistently for the last three or four years, who's never really ever got, got a got a look in for, for higher honours, presumably because he plays for a less fashionable county.
0: And Howard, we were speaking about your surrey this uh, earlier before Hugh joined, weren't we? That was a I don't um, think
1: we need to dwell too long on
2: that one, do we? On um,
0: Bristol-like wicket or was it a very Bristol-like wicket? I can't decide. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. I was watching it on the um, the live stream, which is absolutely fantastic with anyone who's working and has that on the background. It's brilliant. But it was very boring <laughs> at the same working time. Working
2: in inverted commas, yeah.
0: Yep, so that was a bit of a boring game. Six oh three plays four three two for two. Spare a thought for James Bracey on that one. Did he miss
2: um, out? He, he got a three-ball duck.
0: so yeah Marcus Harris in in Gloucester innings. Surrey got 600 and being a Gloucester supporter I was like here we go Oppo gets 603 Surrey Smith got he got 234 Clark at number eight was he coming in no nine Clark coming 137 Gloucester spinners bowled loads with some part-timers bowling um and then I thought here we go it's going to be a Massive collapse and we'll lose by a couple. But actually, Harry Marcus Harris got 124 and Dent was not out on 207. So that opening stand is massive.
1: In fairness to Bracey, he's had his pads on keeping for 165 overs. He's then had the pads on waiting for another 76 and a half overs, watching Marcus Harris and Chris Dent fill their boots. He was never going to get any surely surely the mental strength and fortitude to get runs after that amount of pad rash is remarkable although looking at that scorecard just just as we're talking about it i noticed that ollie poked on the gloves for the mighty brown caps
0: yes because i was watching it because smith had just on the back of his 230 not out decided uh that he wanted a bit of a break he wasn't moving terrific well he wasn't moving time towards the right. end of his innings, he was w- moving a bit weirdly. Whether that's stiffness or cramp, I don't know. But um, yeah, Pope at the gloves, which is, it seems like he sort of does that quite regularly, actually, doesn't he? Sort of third keeper, but it takes yeah, them, Yeah. Well, R-
2: Rory Burns broke into the Surrey side as the keeper as well, way back when.
0: Yeah, he and did. No, no shortage of options. He did. Again, just on Surrey, Howard, Ryan Patel always seems to be doing quite, he always is a it didn't do too well this week looking at him though it but missed I,
2: him this week um but yeah he's had a very solid start to the season um he's been it,
0: at surrey for quite a while without doing anything amazing but always seems to do quite well generally
2: yeah he's i think he's more established this year probably his first real run of games played a bit last year but he's been in and out of the surrey league um for the last few seasons he'll play when surrey need him and then go and play club cricket at the weekends when he's not required which has been more often than not actually but um, first yeah as I say missed out this week the first three games had that um, 100 to win the match against Somerset the fourth innings game and I think he, he got at least a 50 in the first two games as well so he's had a,
1: a a nice start to the year yeah
0: lovely did he
1: break into the side at Surrey as a bowler in a in a big title decider against Somerset or am I imagining that no you're
2: not well, I don't think he broke in as a bowler he just um, he just Came on a fifth change and I think he took five for four or something like that. Uh, yeah, sorry. That's exactly it. Run that's through exactly Somerset. It. Whilst we're on but, Somerset though. Um, quite. Big big win for them this week. I think we mentioned uh, mentioned last week's episode. They were struggling for for form, especially with the batting, but um, it's very solid top order runs from Renshaw and Ithelham and Beer as well. Set them up well and the bowlers backed them up this week. So uh, very good to see them back winning, back to winning ways.
0: So that so that brings Somerset off the bottom, doesn't it?
2: Does yeah, um, and I don't, I can't see them getting in, in any real relegation battle this year. I think there's too much too much quality down there, isn't there? Especially in the bowling lineup. Um, we did we did and, say in our first episode
1: that they were relegation fodder the way they started. So uh... <laughs> not relegation fodder, <to> surely. <laughs> I Can't remember. I think we were quite I think last time. week we said that the
2: batting hadn't been firing. Um, and it look I mean on paper it looks it, it looks like if you're a if you're a Division One bowling attack, you I think turning up against that lineup on paper you'd you'd fancy that perhaps we can run through these guys, mm. get get Renshaw. Um Hill's just getting on a bit, isn't he? Banton, first class record is still very poor. I don't think it, it really matches his his talent and Lamanby has been struggling as they got fifty. But um I think as a as a division one attack, you're probably thinking this is one we've got a chance in.
0: Yeah, I think looking at Somerset, you're probably saying that they're very good young, probably list A one-day players, aren't they? And you'd fear them in a one-day game. But in first-class cricket, like you said, Banton at four seems quite high for maybe an unproven first-class technique. But it's good to see someone like Banton playing county championship cricket, to be honest with you, because he's obviously a tip for the future and people like the look of him. So, you know, the more first-class cricket that he can play and people like him can play, then... It is good for the game. But yeah, and, and then I think the pick of the game was probably the pick of the games was probably the Glamorgan game, wasn't it? It was it was what did they need in the end? They did they just remind me they, they were chasing they the were set the about
2: three thirty something in that region off right. 55 60 yeah. overs. um so not not an overly sporting declaration you wouldn't have thought at the time but by the um sort of late on Sunday evening um they had a real they had a real sniff of it I think they lost lost a couple of important wickets later on in the chase which made them put the brakes on with the last two or three overs to bowl
0: that's um, right
2: because at, at that point they're in very real danger of losing it having been giving themselves a chance to win but um no, it was a good advert for the, the county game that game.
0: Hundred really? percent, I mean, and they definitely went for it. I mean, Labashan went at not at just under hundred strike rate, got eighty. Northeast went at eighty, and then suddenly Carlson, Cook, and Nessa come in, and they all went to over a hundred, strike rate wise. They're both a couple of thirties. That you is get
1: incredible. the feeling if if Labishan or Northeast bats for five, six more overs each, or gets gets to a hundred and more, they they have got a really strong chance of winning that.
0: Yeah, I think someone for someone like Northeast that would have been an incredibly good timing of a hundred chasing under pressure and his big good friend Rob Key is managing director of cricket I think that would have been a timely timing oh, is, is
1: that a bit of knowledge that oh, I suppose it's of course it's knowledge they're all Kent chums aren't they
0: Kent chums, yeah I mean that's being mm. unfair to Sam saying that he's only getting in because of Rob Key's presence because he's obviously done pretty well but it, it would have been timely I think and I think Who's the Is it guest? Guest
2: Brook? I was guest. about to mention Brook Guest because I think we've got a Don't. couple
1: of who um who left Brook Guest on on their bench. He sat on my bench. He uh he watched he watched Al Davies not do a great deal for Workshire whilst he licked off uh, hundreds in each innings. I did see on Twitter he was the first um Derbyshire wicketkeeper to score hundred in each innings since the 19th century. So it was 1880-something, but it was the last time that happened for Derbyshire. Wow. So rare air up there indeed for Mr Guest. And I also noticed a, a good stat from that
2: game is that Shan Nasud, with his, with his double failure of 60 and 40 this game, he came within two runs of breaking Nick Compton's record for runs by the end of April. Oh, two runs. Two runs, but looks still with a very good chance of getting to 1,000. By the end of May, and he'd be the first since Graham
1: Hick. Well, they've got to buy this week. I'm thinking about cashing my chips in and subbing him out because, as you said, Howard, his record in England's terrible. So of this <laughs> <might> be, <laughs> these, these diminishing these diminishing returns might be the end of Sham. Yeah, yeah, I think you're
0: right. Those who are just joining at episode four in episode one, Howard did not back Sharma Sood because he thought that his record in England was not very good. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just on Brooke Guest yeah he is interestingly has played for Australia under
2: 19s which is interesting that's a shame I quite liked him
0: yeah mm. Brooke Guest featured for England, Australia under 19s including being named in an under 19 World Cop, Cup squad before they drew, drew he's then committed his future to England joined Lancashire on a summer contract and then he's obviously now playing for um for Derby which is great so he's english qualified 24 years old yeah back to back hundreds i mean he's batting at 3 as well so mm. ahead of Madsen deploy so um they obviously rate him quite highly and rightly so in terms of his runs but and what what was the, just looking at sidebottom's name on the derbyshire derbyshire scorecard what was that the other day that was it bbc sport he wrote got by england England. Uh, england fast bowler ryan sidebottom
1: yeah, I think it was BBC Sport. He's he's not bold in a little while. I think he's not bold since Dancing what Dancing on Ice has uh, has Ryan Sidebottom. So uh, it's a, it's an easy foxy mistake to spot the uh, the Australian-born Ryan Sidebottom, formerly of Warwickshire. Um, and there aren't many Ryan Sidebottoms out there, I dare say.
0: Ryan Sidebottom, fact check myself, but Ryan Sidebottom of Warwickshire won a competition to be signed for a cricket club in Australia, I think. Or is that wrong? That could be someone else. But basically someone who, I think it's Ryan Sidebottom, he won a competition, one of those sort of like competitions, and then you get given a contract at the end of it um, if you win. And then he got signed up in Australia. and then Pop he came, Idol
2: for cricketers.
0: Basically Pop Idol for cricketers. And then he came over to the UK to play.
2: Word on Wayne Madsen, another... Another big game of runs for him, 130 odds not out and 70 in the first innings. He's having a good year. There's, there's, Mr. Consistent. There's a lot of Derby players scoring a lot of runs at the moment, aren't they? He had England aspirations a couple of years ago once he qualified for from South African citizenship. I think he's now English qualified, but yeah, I right. think it's a, a dark day
1: before we go to a, a 38-year-old.
0: Never say never.
1: Never say never. never. It's not quite so fashionable anymore to pick the South Africans for England. We had a a phase where
0: it was all the rage. Yeah, we did. And it was actually a rage where people were sort of really hopping onto it in terms of, like I think, was it Prior and or Strauss had only really spent a week in South Africa or they were born there and then they moved over to the UK before they turned one and people were jumping onto the bandwagon that that they were fully flown South Africans.
1: But we were quite good when we had that South African phase, so maybe... But that's where we need to look for. Yeah, look the super sport four day provincial franchise championship, whatever they call it.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Um, any other? I mean, this week coming, we've got New England captain. Was he newly appointed this week, Ben Stokes? Whilst whilst it was all going on,
2: I believe he was. Yes, in the middle of middle of the round of fixtures. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So he's playing this week, isn't he, for Durham, which is. Are you
1: rest- going to make some room it for a uh, hundred grand of Ben Stokes in your side?
0: No, I don't think so. It'll be a flash in the pan, won't it? Because he's um, because he won't be playing for very long. Can he bowl
1: out uh, of interest, or is
2: he just playing as a batter?
0: I don't know that. I think he. I think he's. He sounds like in his interviews with he wants to do everything, so he wants to bowl and bat. So I think he'll want to prove his fitness to everyone. That he. I was under do. the
2: impression he was. He was un. Um, well, certainly probably not going to be unavailable for the first New Zealand test, but that's he clearly will be fit and, and mm. I thought, I thought yeah,
0: really yeah, good. he's come out and said he's best for England when he does when he bats and he bowls, so he wants to bat six and bowl, and my take on that was that he probably will bowl for Durham because he will want to prove to people and journalists and everyone alike that he is fit in firing and can do everything but
1: so so what happens? when he twangs his calf in the second over and he's out for the summer. Who then captains England at Lord's? Why? (laughs) Why We've just solved this debate. (laughs) Uh,
2: Provisions.
1: (laughs) We cannot
0: predict predict someone's downfall before. No,
1: I know, I know. And I wish him the best. I I hope he does well. Um, and I hope he doesn't get
0: injured for all our sakes. So, who we, I mean, in terms of any any changes for the next couple of weeks, everyone, are we of next week? We've got a few buys. I've got Godwoman Compton, Mullaney, and Alex Thompson all with buys. What about you, Hugh? You change?
1: I, I, I know we just joked about it. I am thinking about cashing Masoud out. Um, I feel like that kind of run of form cannot last forever, and I can make a handsome financial gain on him um, because I've got two batters. On uh, on a bye week this week, so I've got to do something. So, mm. contemplating cashing my chips in for my suit, we'll see. I've got the evening to think about it. And then um, I've also got um, Tom Hartley on the bench for Lanks, who hasn't even featured. But also with uh, Liam Pass White not so got a bye, so I need to find a bowling solution. Well, that's a cheap one for Hartley that then comes in and plays, or. Uh, or perhaps uh, I replace Patterson White, which I'm loath to do because I think he's probably the one to keep for the summer.
0: Interesting. Any bowlers from the rounds? Did they any bowlers from these last rounds? Did anyone stand out particularly? There's a few more wickets generally floating around on day one than there have been in the previous rounds. But were there any bowlers who really stood out this week? I can't see. I can't think. That's Ali.
2: He got another five, so he's been um, very handy. Hugh, I know you've had Shaheen Shahriar three D as well of the Pakistan yeah. contingent and he I don't think he's got the same weight of wickets
1: but by all accounts has been um, unplayable at times for the middle mm. so far uh, a bowler who going back to my own parish of Essex Shane Snater is a oh. surprise package this year for Essex runs and wickets at, at Chelmsford um, so one to keep an eye on there particularly with even without our Dutch our dear Dutch badger I know, it, what are we uh, to bring to, up? To big him up yeah <laughs> our Dutch, Dutch our Dutch badgers away um, Shane Snater
0: <laughs> I, um, I was actually at the Leicester-Middlesex game on Saturday and when Toby Roland jones came to bowl, my brother and I were saying to each other how good it is to see him back. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him in an England shirt before he would retires again. Well, not retires again, but in an England shirt again before he retires. But he then proceeded to go for four fours in his first over, he came on. <laughs> But it is good to see him. in him right up. I did. It is good to see. Him. I mean, Middlesex have got some nice bowlers there. They've got Shaheen Afridi, obviously, who's doing pretty well. But then Roland Jones, Helm, and Bamba—three English ball bowl bowlers. Helm got through for, and just I like the way Bamba looks. The way he bowls is very nice. I think
2: you don't like him as much when the keeper stood up, which <laughs> happens quite often with him.
0: Uh, I actually thought he was quite quick in the 100 he hurried a few people but actually he's not as quick That's
2: many him, him and Murta taking the new ball at Middlesex for, against Surrey last year and um, Keeper was up to both new, new yeah. ball bowlers yeah. it was a Still, throwback
0: Simpson does stand up to um, quite a few people to be fair to him um, did, did Bamber even play in the 100 last year am I get, am I being foxy and getting him mixed I, I, up
1: with someone else I think you're mixing him up with Helm Helm's slippery
0: no helm is slippery. Um, no, I'm not getting him mixed up with helm. I'm going to search this barber. Could be someone a, else.
2: A, a, a bowler and he's Blake another Cullen. one. Of Middlesex who hasn't got a look in, but he's he's got a mm. bit of pace.
0: Who's who's that? Howard, sorry.
2: Blake Cullen.
0: Ah, oh, potentially I'm being completely poxy, and it is maybe Cullen. And he
1: did play in hundred.
0: Maybe it's him. Um, and then I saw Middlesex, Leicester, and on that day. Leicester were going actually extremely well. and uh, Well, not extremely well. They were going well and looking like they were going to save the game. And Holman bowled a couple of... Um, he bowled leggies and bowled a few half-trackers. And there were some quite poor wickets, actually, in that second innings for... Um, that's it, Barnes. Barnes and Mike were doing it outstandingly. Ben, Mike was stranded on 99 for his first first-class 100 ever. At, and it what could it have been at Lords, And he got stranded, oh, okay. yeah. Hendricks, um, Roland Jones bowled Hendricks. Um, and Mike was, was on. Then Mike looks a serious player, I think. He looks very good. Who's got has Chev got him in his team? I don't
1: know if he's got him this year. I had him for a lot of last year as my super sub because it he was really cheap last year. And um I think his valuations snuck up this year. Um but you know at Leicestershire he's always gonna play. He's gonna bat and bowl, he's gonna bat in both innings. Um historically. Um and uh, he's sort of, he's, I think he's another South African-born player. But, um, yeah, he's he's going to get a lot of cricket at Leicester.
0: Yeah, he will do. I think Leicester's batting is pretty weak. But I think next week, I think they've just signed Rishi, Rishi Patel from Essex, haven't they? I think he's... They signed him a in
1: of, the winter. Yeah. Got,
0: he's got a couple of hundreds now back from fitness for the second team. So I think he'll be back in to bolster their batting i think Mm. but just on the on the subject of um someone like uh ben mike you know maybe underrated we talk about liam travascus going under the radar quite a lot and it's probably we've only really seen these guys and know them because of the fact that we play this game and we can see the points they get but i think the on the other side of that who in your opinion has been selected for england or spoken about being selected for england in this sort of dark age of English cricket that we're in and has been a little bit overrated or not worth, maybe their stats don't back up the reason why they've been selected or maybe the journalists have got a bit excited. Is there anyone that completely springs to mind early on mentioning those couple of points?
2: I guess um, Sam Billings would be one for me. Made his debut over the winter in Australia, as uh, I guess as keeper backup predominantly, but is, is never too far from the conversation Hasn't played a huge amount of first-class cricket or got that many first-class runs, but, but they obviously see something um, in him that, that is very appealing. And I don't know if it's the leadership qualities or as a batsman, but um, yeah, he's, he's one for me that I'm not sure is at the level um, he seems to be with England.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's got a first-class batting average of 33. His list A is a bit better. But yeah, I think he's one of those... He does seem to be one of those guys that he, he gives a lot to, to people, doesn't he? He's very person- personable, he's very outgoing, he's very good in with the media. People do get very excited about Sam Billings and he doesn't actually play as much first-class cricket as I think he probably should have in his life. Hugh, have you got any thoughts on that?
1: Crawley. Crawley is that... He gives me nightmares watching him bat, shuffling over from off stump and nicking him from eight stump. No, You um, took
2: advice this week, Hugh, and got trapped plumb in front.
1: <laughs> but if you're if you're not, if you're batting an off and you go nowhere, then you get trapped in front. I think it's a it's it's a, it's a false economy batting an off stump. Um, I, I, some players it works for, it doesn't work for Crawley, in my opinion. I think England need to end that experiment now.
0: We, we've been talking about how Derby, and there's a lot of runs at Derby at the moment. And Ian Bell, as we've mentioned, is batting consultant there. He had a piece on how he hates people batting on and off stump because he doesn't think it allows you to trust where you know you don't know where you're playing, you know, at least if it's outside of you, you can leave it, etc. And I think that's interesting. Crawley's average at first class cricket is 30. To be selected on the back of that, why? Why do we think? Why, why was he selected for the England team if his average is thirty? It doesn't scream um, anything uh, other than a mediocre, good first-class cricketer. Like, how was he being selected then?
1: I think he got picked in the first place because we keep looking for the next Prosser and Vaughan, who had relatively average first-class careers, but Duncan Fletcher saw. Glamorgan uh, play against Somerset which was got, got 180 and that got him picked and he took his chance um, I, I think it's nice going for these type of players with an a- average first class record but um, I'd, rather, I'd rather see sort of, a little bit more stats behind it if, if averaging 30 is enough to open the batting for England I just, I can't believe I can't believe that technique is up to it I think I, I would disagree to an extent, I think
2: there is something there with Crawley I mean, it's, uh, three tests ago he got 100 in the West Indies. I think there is there is something that obviously the England selectors see in him and and I would agree with. he's. I think what got him picked, he had a good couple of innings and he's young and he opens the batting and there's not that many youngsters coming through opening the batting that were, were, were doing well at the time he was first selected. Um, so I think that is what, as much as anything, got him, got him through the door in the first place. But... Um, I mean that that 260 odd against Pakistan, they're no joke as a bowling lineup. So there's definitely something there. Uh, yes, he's got his his flaws, which I'll let you wax lyrical about over the summer. But um, I wouldn't I wouldn't write him off just yet. He's still got time on his side.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I came I came into this thinking that someone like, for example, Nick Gubbins was underrated. I mean, he averages 35, which is higher than Crawley. Nearly had a look in at one point, didn't he? But hasn't really since. Any sort of hasn't really been spoken about at length in the last couple of years. I mean, just interesting to see why someone like Crawley gets selected and Gubbins doesn't. Maybe it's due to age, is it? But maybe not because he's only twenty. I think it was
2: probably form at the time
0: that mm. Crawley
2: was selected as much as anything. Gubbins, when when Middlesex had that title-winning year, he I think averaged sixty odd. Had a very good mm. um, first-class season. Scored. 1500 runs or something um but since then his form's really tailed off so this move to Hampshire seems to have, have done the trick for him I think um so this could be a, a chance for him to kick on and get his name back in the hat
0: yeah absolutely absolutely what's about this is an interesting debate between you two is um what about Ollie Pope because I'm I was coming in here to think Ollie Pope not worth the hype but he averages 51 in first class cricket, which is actually quite exceptional and far and above beyond any other young player of his generation that I have been able to find. Um, so I was happy to be wrong when I thought that, but I don't know how you've come out previously and said that Ollie Pope is worth the the hype and you think we should stick with him. Hugh, have you got any? We- I,
1: I, 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 I see more that's worth sticking with in Pope than Crawley. Um, but they're different players for different roles. I think, weirdly, I think Stokes moving to six could help Crawley because I think Bearstow is a natural six and suddenly that role's gone. So, oh, sorry, not Crawley, help Pope. Um, so, Pope versus Bearstow for number five at Lords on, on the 2nd of June seems to be the, the selectors' debate. I don't think they'll consider Lawrence um, for five. Maybe he's up against Root for four if Root-bats at three. um so i i i think pope is a is is a fine young player i I, again i think we would like we need a statistician i think for our our podcast maybe if the budget allows us in time but i would like to know what pope's record is in all first class cricket away from the oval compared to what it is at the oval given that he averages 100 at the oval i believe um in first class cricket i i do wonder what his record is away from it um and we do play one test a year at the Oval, so you know. Maybe that doesn't, you know, if you get one hundred a summer, then that that probably warrants selection for another year in England batting lineup
2: at the moment. To be fair to Pope, he's pretty handy at Guildford as well.
1: <laughs> I
2: think uh, just on on that point, and you touched on a couple of things. Uh, looking back to the great teams, I think what England have got away from a little bit is this idea that your your young batters go in and might bat five or six, but. A good batsman is a good batsman and should cut their teeth maybe at five or six and then progress up the order. I think half the problem England are having at the moment is we we pigeonhole people like Bairstow and Stokes as oh, they're middle order batsmen. So the middle is locked down. If you're if you're a young batter, you're gonna to have to go in and you're gonna to have to go open or go three. Really we'd, good we'd, have a, we'd have a number of people debuting at four, five, six, seven at the moment, because they're I guess they're more our settled places because. We are getting a few runs in the middle order. We're getting no runs at the top of the order. But the, the chance for younger players to come in, bat in the middle order, score a few runs, and then gradually work their way up. I mean, there's no reason why Pope can't bat three. He, he, he made his name at sorry batting six, but as a as a 20, 21 year old, because they had an established top order that was scoring runs, and that was his where he's slotting in the team. If he gets runs at six, there's nothing to say he can't work his way up the order in time. But we we're just not. We're just getting young players with a bit of talent, and either shoving them in straight into the into the top order, or if they're openers, they're almost in by default because we've tried
1: so many others that there's there's no. But I think to, to counter that, I think you had Stokes batting at five. Any higher would have been um, a big strain on his all-round cricket because he does he seems at times to be already bowler on some surfaces capable of getting anything extra. So I think five is as high as you want to push in. Root is seems a lot more productive at four so when times are lean with the batting if you've got someone who can perform at, at four then you have them at four so if you've got four and five nailed down seven nailed down through the keeper and in six where we finished up the winter who has had a track record where he has batted up and down the order and he has had chances at three and um, in all but one innings from memory, which was 100 in Sri Lanka, has looked all at sea against the newer ball.
0: Mm.
2: So Okay, so then my question is: do you do you give that guy a run in the team at six because he's failed at three? Or do you actually say, well, Let's put someone young and promising in at six and see if they can progress to three because they might have the talent and the mentality to do it? And I think at the moment we're we're going towards the the former where, frankly, we just need any runs on the board. So if you've got yeah. someone who might average yeah. 30 from number six, they're, they're yeah. almost one of the first names on the team sheet, aren't they? Um, yeah, I agree. But I, think it, I think it speaks to the the lack of um, top-order batting we've got.
0: And Stokes has said he wants to bat at six. So you're then going to have, let's say, I think, then, did, am I right in thinking they think Root will bat at three this winter? Did he come out and say that?
1: He, he batted at three in West Indies. I don't think they've said anything for the summer. So I, I if don't.
0: Stokes, if Stokes is six, and then we need um who ended the West Indies opening, it was Lees and Crawley. Lease and Crawley. So you've got Lees Crawley, maybe Root, or maybe someone else, and then and then Root, and then someone, and then Stokes, and then your keeper. Someone like a I'm just looking at you know, different people here, and is, does it surprise you guys to think see that Liam Livingstone averages thirty eight in first class cricket? Is that a surprising statistic or not?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Well, if if Crawley's averaging thirty, and yeah, it is slightly surprising.
0: It is surprising. I mean, that's uh, every time someone has said in the media, "I think Liam Livingstone needs to play Test match cricket." I've just said, "No way!" Like he is a gun in twenty twenty. He's gone around the world. And I didn't do any looking at ESPN Cricket info and um, Livingston averaging 38 in first class cricket shows that he's got a little bit about him. He probably hasn't played that much in recent years, but it doesn't seem from the statistical point of view that, you know, batting him at five, for example, could be quite normal, quite tangible. And then the other, the other one that people are going on about at the moment, and there was a headline that I didn't look into, but it was key likes the look of Tom Haynes and, um, he is seems to be doing it all at the moment for Sussex, averaging 37 in first-class cricket from 38 matches. Have you guys seen him much? He's watched him play. Do you know much about Tom Haynes?
2: Not a huge amount. I've seen clips of him play, but never never sat down and watched him for an extended period.
0: So what would you say Tom Haynes needs to have done then for you guys to to, to be in England selection, to be... Maybe batting at let's say the three or four spot, or maybe even opening spot, which he's doing for for Sussex. What would you say he needs to to have done well, to justify that hype?
1: I, I think I think runs on TV help. There haven't been any TV games yet, but no. um, I think the game they've got this week against Middlesex is is a really um, a really pivotal moment in his career potentially. You've got a Middlesex attack including one of the best all round quick bowlers in the world at the moment in. Shaheen Shah Afridi, um, and well supported by someone who's played Test cricket in Roland Jones, Helm, who's got a bit of pace, and Bamba, who's going to trouble the best techniques. Um, so I think in that attack, you're going to see him put under pressure in different ways he might not have been put under pressure in before. Um, and I think that might be, um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Mr. Key or Mr. James Taylor were, were at Hove to, to watch him this week against that lineup. Just on James
2: Taylor, just as an aside, the irony of James Taylor turning up to Trent Bridge to to check on Stuart Broad and see see how he's looking ahead of an England Test match (laughs) when Broad was probably playing when Taylor was in short trousers up at Trent Bridge, wasn't he? (laughs) Taylor probably still at Leicestershire by then. He probably was.
0: Uh, No,
1: no, no. I I think that's Foxy behaviour. They were both at Leicestershire together. They played they played age groups cricket together. They were both at Leicester, but were they not both at Nottingham at the same time as well? Oh, sorry, sorry, Foxy from me. Yeah, we can edit that out. Yeah.
2: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, going off on a tangent.
0: No, that's nice. I like it. Knowledge for everyone. I think the other one is if we talk about the opening spot for the England team, we've you know, it's a bit weird that you know Crawley and Lees, the incumbents, and we've spoken about Crawley in depth and his troubles. If I look at someone like Alex Lees, he averages 35 in, in first-class cricket. He's got nineteen hundreds, seven 7,500 runs. I think someone who also, I mean, you would say he was a bit of a left-field pick, would you say, for that West Indies tour? He was a sort of not really, he talked about at one point when he was at Yorkshire, he did really well with Lyde, didn't he, opening the batting? And then he moved. he's moved to Durham after a few lean runs. But then... It's just interesting to see why someone would select him, and then you've got someone like and before you get at me about Gloucestershire is is Chris Dent. I mean, he scored his ten thousandth run over the over the season over the weekend. Sorry, he's got nineteen hundreds, averages thirty seven. He, I mean, someone like Lees versus Dent, I would say it goes back to that whole Lees has sort of done it before on a few TV games. The media spoke about him in depth. Therefore, he's back in form. Maybe we'll select him. Whereas, maybe, do you think the selectors aren't doing their due do diligence enough in someone like Chris Dent goes completely under the radar? Do you think it's down to sort of media hype and the journalism and TV runs and counties? I mean, whoa! I think these get selected ahead of someone like Dent.
1: Who's our chief selector?
0: Well, true for the West Indies tour, there wasn't one, was there?
1: Well, there hasn't been one for a while. They. They streamlined the system so that the head coach was the chief selector, I guess in a sort of mirror image of football, whereas cricket's always had selectors. Mm. Uh, it's very easy to watch a football match. You can watch it on tape. It's very difficult to watch a cricket match, um, particularly a four-day one. I, I I think there has to be an element of a selection panel that are, are covering county championship cricket to, to, to ensure that, that we're not missing any, uh, any talented players. Um, and I think it's, you get probably cocooned in a little bubble of England cricket within the setup. And I think it's probably quite hard to um, to remember that there's a county cricket going on. I think Bayliss said quite openly he needed a selection panel because he wasn't following county cricket.
0: Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, the England selection, are they still, for example, using county coaches to report back into James Taylor, so Alex Stewart at one point I know was a selector yeah. or a, report, a scout, so I think they call it now. Is, it, is that still going on?
1: I, I don't know if it's still, I know Triscothic was one of the others. Um,
0: McNeill at Notts.
1: Yeah, McNeill did it. Mm, they are all big counties though, aren't
0: they? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, is that is that fair? I mean, Stewart works with people and McNeill worked with people every single day. He knows what they're about. He knows their mentality. And therefore, he could always, surely, unconscious bias may it be, but they will always prefer their own players or players they regularly see or have worked with in the past. Whereas if a coach isn't part of that selection panel and having a non-bias opinion, surely that's Do what you think.
2: Do you think any of these players get a word in the ear from time to time from a scout or a national selector saying, look... Take the example of Chris then Look, Chris, we've got, got our eye on you. You've got a pretty decent track record. But actually, if you want to be taken seriously for England, you need to get yourself to a so-called bigger county. You need to get yourself in Div 1 and score some tough runs against some tougher bowlers. Some players, I don't know whether this happens or not, some players might say, OK, sure, let's look to move. I guess Joe Clark, being an example from a few years ago, moved on for that exact reason. Was, um, was that some... just
1: for that reason, Clark? I thought that was to do with getting away from the, the misdemeanours and the culture at Worcestershire when... I those, think he uh, moved before... Pretty the tragic events happened. I thought he'd gone before that that happened. I but think I, it
0: came
1: I, back to... I don't, when I, he don't, I, mm, I don't know the details of the exact timing, but but you, it's the right kind of move. I, I, you're absolutely right. And, and, and it's, is there would there
2: be some players that say, well, actually, um, I'm very happy I'm settled in Gloucester, my family's here. Um, I'm going to keep doing what I do, scoring as many runs as I can. Pick me or don't pick me, but um you know where I am. If you if you need someone,
0: that's a really I didn't even think about that. Is a selector? Yeah, is a selector in someone else's ears? I I would very much doubt it. I, I just the amount of cricketers there are, the amount of counties. I I would be very surprised. um And if you take the example of a, I suppose a Chris Denter. Gloucester, and then I would maybe put Daryl Mitchell when he was a, when he was playing at Worcester in that bracket as well. Um, you know, very good player who's got a lot of runs for one one county. It, it's interesting. I think you're right in that they are such a big part of that club, aren't they? They are bringing in you know their crowd favourites. They're probably very embedded into the whole county system or that specific county's system. So yeah, it's really interesting. It's a really interesting point to try and find. Comes
2: from going. I don't know if you had the same you but growing up playing sort of minor county junior cricket, you would be told that if you didn't go and play for a club that was in the Premier League, playing local Premier League cricket on a Saturday, you're not going to be thought of for, for higher um, selection in minor counties teams beyond that. Whether the same thing happens for first class cricket and international cricket, who knows?
1: Mm, I, I think it's inevitable it does and I wouldn't be surprised if the likes of Middlesex Surrey or Essex weren't in Tom Haynes' ear at Sussex to say come and get big boy runs for us.
0: I think that's probably definitely that recruitment that recruitment process probably definitely goes on. But I would be I'd be very um, surprised if yeah the ECB or their scouts would be saying you know if you go to another bigger county because I think the ECB want to see Div One Two cricket and the clubs as for the the foreseeable future at least as equal. Um, So therefore. England, I think, would like to be known. I will select you wherever you are, as long as you're scoring runs. That's what they want to come across as. So,
2: But, but, but on that, it, do Div 2 runs count the same as Div 1 runs?
0: I don't think we'll ever know. My opinion would be, again, ECB will say they count the same, but I I can't see how they can. So I think the
2: whole point of introducing the two divisions was to say they don't count the same, wasn't
0: it? Let's have but, a tiered system. Yeah, what, what,
1: what is the point of having two, disi- two divisions if if they can't the
0: say that's true something i don't it's know hard to about. promote a,
2: a top level and a second tier with promotion and relegation and you want the best players playing against each other week in week out
0: so then do you exclusively pick out of div
2: 1 i think i think not exclusively but you have to make a very strong case someone has to be someone has to be doing a Shan masood to uh, to get you <laughs> get you going down to div 2 i think
0: absolutely
2: um... i think just on lease i think i think he will play um yeah. Man in possession, and he's had a pretty decent start to the, the county yeah. season. He's got 100 this week. I think he had carried his bat, did he, for 190 old first, first week yeah. of the season? I think he's done enough to to keep his place. Whether or not they stick with Crawley, judging on current form, I don't think they will.
0: He's tipped for the vice captaincy, I,
1: so I, I think. I think Crawley will get the first test of the summer. I think he'll get a pair of low scores. I think we'll be under a lot of pressure for the next test. I think he'll get two more low scores because his technique's <laughs> not good enough. at the end of his test group.
0: <laughs> I think um I think Tom Haynes will get a go. I think he's and I think Clark as well. I think looking at them, I think Joe Clark averages 37. I think that's the highest I've looked at in the last couple of sort of hours of research he's he's got the highest average going he's i think he's sort of the next cab of the rank isn't he and i don't i don't i personally
1: don't think they'll pick him the ecb have got too many issues with their image at the moment to pick someone with his profile
0: interesting i think what we've really delved into there is that there's a lot of middle of the road good first class cricketers who I'm finding it difficult to perceive any of these guys that we've, that we've looked at as the next sort of Joe Root. I mean, Joe Root was, it was one of the only ones in the last couple of years that's come in and grabbed for England at least and grabbed test cricket by the neck. I can't think of any batter really since him that's really come in mm. and it's worth it. I think it's, I don't know if it is worrying. We've only talked about batter's mind. Um, yeah, but I... but, but well,
1: sorry just to interrupt whilst we're still talking about batters I don't know the stats and again it's another reason we need our own statistician um, I wonder by the start of May which we are now have there been as many double hundreds scored by English qualified players as they have this year or for however long that has been it's astonishing how many double hundreds have been
0: scored. That's true just saying the amount of hundreds that have happened and not just hundreds, like you say, doubles or daddy, you know, Graham Gooch's daddy hundreds at 150 plus. I think that's really, really good. So I, and I do think if you were selecting and form this season, it actually is really quite wide open for those middle mm. order top spots and top order spots, isn't it? You, so,
1: you could you could pencil behannon in at five with the runs he's called up at Lancashire. Yep,
0: yeah, you could put Brooke Guest in at number three. <laughs> you could. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And, yeah. and I, I hope that isn't translating basically into England's really good at, uh, at producing OK first class cricketers who can't translate into test match because it'd be a real shame. Um, or maybe that's just the way it's going in terms of in terms of maybe we, that's just us for the foreseeable future. But I think it's an interesting discussion for the start of the uh, start of the, the summer coming up. Mm. Well, we haven't got too long left, but if we just go back, we'll go through the tables. Surrey, Div 1 are leading. Counter Championship, is there any movement too much? I think Gloucester have come off the bottom spot maybe to, to put second from bottom. Um, Surrey's on 67 points leading. Hampshire and Lancashire on 59 and 58. Any, any surprises in the Div 1 table? Or is it too early, do you think, still to, to predict? I think a bit too
2: early still. Shame, um, shame there wasn't a result between Hampshire and Lancashire because that was bubbling along very nicely. The final day washout there was a,
1: a pity, but I think Yorkshire, Lancashire look strong. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think Warwickshire, for the quality of their side, look look lower than three games in. They've won one, lost one, drawn one, so who knows? But but also Northampton's unbeaten so far yeah, from yeah. their three games. You wouldn't have said that at the start.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, Warwickshire is surprising. Surpre- they won the Bob Willis, didn't they? Rather than the County Championship. Yes. So the winners are the Bob Willis and then suddenly they're bottom, bottom third, bottom half of, the, of Div 1. I think that is quite surprising.
2: Um, I think, yeah, well, Bresnan no longer, is he? And Wokes was a big part of that team who hasn't featured yet. So they're, they're missing a few.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then Div 2, I think not... Derbyshire and Middlesex making the top three. Derbyshire probably the surprise, maybe, looking mm. at that level. As we said, weight of runs is going really well. Um, Nottinghamshire, I think, should win that league, but we'll see. They've um, got
1: the biggest budget and amount of quality, you would have thought, um, within their squad to, to to not win that league.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I also think Glamorgan... With Labuschagne, I think Lamorgan are looking quite tasty in the second div if they can get run of games. I think, don't you think they're looking too far off. Um, and then the other one, obviously, the big, the bigger name in that league is Middlesex, who I think, again, someone of Middlesex's quality are up there with Nottinghamshire. They shouldn't technically be in in div two with their their budget, should they? But
1: not not in a ten team div one, no.
0: Right, Hugh, you're off to Luxembourg tomorrow, is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, really looking forward to it. Six o'clock, wake up
0: changes on routes in the airports over a cup of coffee
1: maybe maybe might have a look tonight might have a look who i'm gonna get get in for sean masood <laughs> top of the market sale <laughs>
0: howard any any glaring have you spoken about your changes earlier but are you i think i think harris ralph
2: is definitely missing um injured so that's quite a lot of money tied up in him so i'll probably ship him out i said last week i was going to try and get manas in i failed and it cost me 400 points so I might try again this year or this week. <laughs> I might fail again, but we'll see. Just the, the, all the price movements have gone against me. So I think worth ten grand more than he was last week, and some of the bowlers have lost a bit of cash. So trades I could have made last week I now can't, which is frustrating.
1: Yeah, But that you work in investments.
2: <laughs> Here we go. the value of your players may go up as well as down
0: (laughs) I'm I'm going to
2: get back the original amount you invested
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have a look at the old Chev tactic tomorrow morning I think I've only got two subs I went through two rounds I think of four subs and then I did a a round of two I might do a round of two tomorrow I actually am going to have a look at Chev's idea of who's increasing in price or trending up and who's trending down because all of my players, it seems to be, are trending down.
2: It seems pretty savage, though. Uh, take Pope, for example. He had one innings. I think he scored 84. And he's mm. lost me 5,000 quid this week. Was,
0: well, almost <laughs> uh, as if
2: we need, we need <laughs> Mr Cricket 11 to come and
1: explain what's yeah. going on. With Who this. We the have the been, king of the badges.
0: We have been in contact with Mr Cricket 11.com and via the Twitter All speech. hail the chief. All hail the <laughs> chief. <laughs> and... um he's at a friend's wedding this week so congratulations to his friend but i think um he's pretty keen for a for a pod with the badgers next week um so i cannot wait to speak to him and that is just the type of question we can ask him why is his price fluctuations so big he retweeted us last week when i tweeted out our episode so he's on board and yeah looking forward to next week's episode very good well thanks guys hugh enjoy luxembourg Howard are you off to the Oval this week
2: might try and slip down at some stage yet yeah. lovely
0: i do have to say my day at middlesex was wonderful i think it's an underrated activity going to watch a day of the county championship it's wonderful all right then guys thank you very much um, thank you everyone else for listening to episode 4 of badger watch where i think it's all to play for next week hopefully will be a complete set of 4 and as we said hopefully with mr cricket 11.com the king of the badgers so Hopefully see you guys next week.